Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hooked on Sports here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you find your podcast streaming services. My name is John Flynn, and thank you so very much for joining me this week and we have a lot to get into this week and we're going to get into the Giants and their outlook without Saquon Barkley. We're going to get into the Seahawks incredible victory over the Patriots last night on Sunday Night Football. We'll get into the Falcons historic debacle in Big D and everything else in the NFL in week number two. We'll get into the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll get into the Islanders. We'll get into some pennant races in Major Major League Baseball. But I do want to start with the historic failure of a season that was the Los Angeles Clippers. Pundits like myself had every reason to believe that the Los Angeles Clippers were capable of winning the championship this year. They ha- they they brought in uh, the league uh, the league's hottest player coming off a championship uh, with Toronto. They brought in one of the league's premier defensive players in Paul George. They 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 massed together a uh, what was on paper a tremendous roster f- filled with uh, big time role players filled with uh, filled with defense of one to fifteen. And then, and and then they go up three games to one in their second in the second round series against the Denver Nuggets, and in, in game in games five, six, and seven they had double digit leads early on in all those games, and they lost them all. And wow, what an absolute pathetic failure! That was the Los Angeles Clippers. Everything, um, if from uh, lack of coaches accountability, Doc Rivers again blows a three games to one lead um, in in a series, and and he does it once again for the Clippers. They are zero for for eight in attempts to clinch a spot in the conference finals. Um, it was zero and five before. Now it's zero and eight. That that Kawhi Leonard did not uh, did not play like Kawhi Leonard down the stretch in the series, especially in the second half. But Paul George wasn't particularly special. That playoff Paul George was more like him being. Uh, being a pedestrian at best player, and and the Denver Nuggets uh, simply played with more house money. They they came uh, they went into the series more fearless. They 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 had a uh, they already came back from three from down three one to beat the Utah Jazz, which which were also a very good team uh, um, in their in their own right. So De- Denver had the track record. They had little to lose. Uh, everyone thought the Clippers and the Lakers were going to to smash into each other in the Western Conference Finals. That clearly wasn't the case. And now the Lakers are up two games to none on the Denver Nuggets. And I'll get into them in just a little bit. But what makes this uh, what makes this failure more historic? Is that the Clippers uh, dealt a uh, mortgage the entire future of the franchise to, to win a championship in the next couple of years, and uh, and they 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 rolled the dice on on something that they they thought was going to be um, wor- worthwhile to Clippers fans that the Clippers fans had never seen the Western Conference Finals with their favorite team in, and and that and. and 
and I was dead wrong on this. There were a lot of people that I thought were were, were dead wrong, but I the, the this this is a, this is a historic collapse that the L.A. Clippers will never never recover from. So brutal loss for the for the Clippers, and now and now the Nuggets are in the Western Conference Finals against the LA Lakers and 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 the the, the Nuggets had a chance to uh, to even up the series last night but 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 they they clawed their way back in, into it after being down big early like like they did in their games against the, the Clippers and and then Anthony Davis pummels a game-winning three-point buzzer beater as time expired uh, to give the Lakers a two games to none lead in the series, and the series is over. That it was a fantastic run for for the Nuggets. That they and uh, they thrill the fan base that that was dying to to see some a team be successful and 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 make their fans proud. This this was one of them that. That the the only problem was they they just ran into a team that that employs LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the company. That that Anthony Davis is doing a a, a lot of the a, a lot of the 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 um the groundwork that that he's pummeling opponents inside that he's that he's being be, be, being aggressive to the hoop. Uh, Le, LeBron is being uh, it turned into an into a impeccable field general. Um, and the the rest of the roster is st- is stepping up in 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 ways that that would would not have been seen without without Anthony Davis or or LeBron in, in the fold. So so the Lakers are up two games to none in that series. The Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, uh, their their series is uh, continuing. Miami up two games to one in their series, but um. The the Celtics they 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 were the better team on paper, but how how about that uh, the reaction to Game Two when that when the the Celtics had 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 a lead and lost it, uh, and and Marcus Smart going all across the locker room shouting at everybody, and and the the press was all over it that that there there seemed to be internal drama within the Celtics uh, locker room. I said, but th- th- then, then they, uh, then they uh, vented out their frustrations and took down uh, my, uh, the Heat on Saturday night in Game Three. Tonight is Game Four uh, of the Conference Finals, and I and I fully expect the Boston Celtics to e- e- even up the series. And and I did not meant to say this before um, uh, uh, on last week's podcast, and uh, since I w- we were all tied up on other things, but. I, but my my predictions before the series, I had the Lakers taking down Denver in five. I had the uh, I had Boston taking down Miami in seven games. That that was going to be a, a fantastic series, I thought, and, and it's already been so far. Um, the 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 Celtics uh, uh, have another chance to prove to, tonight that that they're going to. Uh, uh, Going to wear out Miami, keep Jimmy Butler in check, and and just and just have um their their star players take over. And the the thing the thing that distinguishes Boston from from the other teams in the East is that they they have more of the big time playmakers with Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, uh, ju- just to name a few. Um, 
but it, it will be interesting uh, how how Boston approaches this um, either way. So it, it, we we got the Celtics go playing tonight that and and so so many other stories um, to go about in the world of sports this week. You are listening to Hooked on Sports on Spotify, Copy RSS, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show. Here's John Flynn. Another football Sunday, another incredible week of NFL entertainment, and let let me tell you something. There were some fantastic, uh, entertaining ball games over the weekend, um, but also some injuries as well. So I'll get into those in a little bit. I'll give I'll give you my thoughts on the Giants losing Saquon Barkley, but and I want to get into. Seattle and New England and and the game they had but I want to start with Dan Quinn and the artist formerly known as the Atlanta Falcons so the Falcons are up 29 to 10 at the half and they're playing the Dallas Cowboys who are who are banged up um, defensively that they they don't have any of their uh, great linebackers from last year or whether it's because of free agency or injured reserve uh, the the Cowboys uh, gave the ball away multiple times, and and the Falcons just just seemingly breezed up and down the field against the Dallas defense, and then and then what happened? Uh, this the sequence where they were up 15 points uh, with five minutes left in the game that they they come that the Cowboys score a touchdown, then then they score another touchdown, um, so make it a Two uh, two point game, and then uh, th- they get the onside kick, which ninety percent of the time, all you had to do was recover the onside kick, and the game was over. Which ninety percent of the time it does. The the Cowboys recover the onside kick, and then Dak Prescott uh, take takes the team down the field uh, to get a game winning field goal out of Greg Zerline and. Jeez, the, the the numbers just speak for themselves in every, every way possible. That 570 yards of total uh, of total offense allowed by by the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. 33 first downs, seven of 13 from th- uh, on third down. They gave up 8.9 yards per per pass attempt. 445 yards uh, in the air. 125 on the ground. Uh, and then, and th- th- against a, a de- and and this defense, which has Dan Quinn, a defensive coach, um, allow, uh, uh, allowing all this to happen. It's Dan Quinn. It's supposed to be a uh, supposed to be a defensive uh, defensively minded team, and and. There should be no element of surprise whatsoever when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn is a lame duck coach, even lamer than last year, and he can't coach his way out of a paper bag if he even tried. It's time for the Falcons to fold the franchise, sell ice cream, open a bike shop. I could use a new, I could use a new bicycle right about now with because I recently suffered a flat tire on mine. Um, but 
do, do something else other than football. The, the, um, Dan Quinn should get out of the football business. Be, be, because at the end of the day, you, you look at you know, what, what the Falcons have done. And the, and the performances performances under Dan Quinn have been that uh, they have been underwhelming since the the Super Bowl. The, the the Falcons have been responsible for a lot of ugly blown leads. Of course, everyone's gonna remember the twenty eight to three lead the Falcons blew in the Super Bowl against Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, there were there were a couple of of rallies uh, that. I remember the Arizona game last year, um, and and this this game was, should should have been the cherry on top for the Falcons. Now they start zero two, and they're hosting the Bears this weekend. And believe even even with Trubisky and Nagy, I'm still planning on taking the Bears to win the game. But the Falcons are an absolute disaster. When when it comes to playing the sport of American football, so but I do want to also touch on the the game between the Giants and the Bears and the Saquon Barkley injury, torn ACL, season over. That is a devastating, um, a devastating killing blow uh, to the New York Giants. Also, it's a it's a devastating blow to the chances of Dave Gettleman keeping his job at the end of the year. Now, everything Dave Gettleman has done as the Giants general, man, uh, general manager, with, with the exception of some drafting that that that, that he he did find uh, get some good finds in the draft, with the exception uh, of that, everything has just just been a been a disaster for for Dave Gettleman. That you that the you, the trade for DeAndre uh, trade up to get DeAndre Baker in the draft, and that he was subsequently released because he can't control himself. That was a waste of. Uh, our draft picked out some capital that went to Seattle. That was a um. You you look at the um. So you look at taking Saquon over Quentin Nelson with the second overall pick. Quentin Nelson is thriving in Indianapolis and 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 could have been useful for Daniel Jones for to bolster that offensive line. Um, it's, you, you you look at you look at the defense that uh, they 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 trade they trade multiple picks for Leonard Williams. Although Leonard Williams has been okay. Some, but not worth the the third and fifth round picks the Giants gave up, which the Giants could have used on on, on another offensive lineman in, in, in the third round. Thank you, Dave Gettleman. Um, but the the, the and also th- think about this too that that the Giants had this amazing opportunity to hire Matt Rule as the head coach, but but Matt Rule did not want to go to the Giants. Because they still employ Dave Gettleman, oh, that th- this Saquon Barkley injury is a complete and total failure of organizational structure from the New York Football Giants, and and the and the Giants are on the way to uh, to be uh, to another top five pick and another disaster of a season for Big Blue. I, and then I also want to touch on the game between Seattle. And New England, and I, I labeled the Seattle New England game um, in my in my picks podcast as the game of the week, and sure enough, it lived up to the hype that that Russell Wilson threw five touchdown passes, one to the different receivers. Seattle made some big plays defensively. 
but Cam Newton was sim- was tremendous. Um, and so he was responsible for all but twenty of the four hundred sixty plus yards the Patriots gained offensively. Uh, for uh, for um, Josh McDaniels, who uh, I did question jo- Josh McDaniels' play call, uh, play calling a little bit on su- on Sunday night. That there were some, uh, especially on that interception with Quinton Dunbar. Uh, it was it was I think a third down play that he, that he had Bird open, and that he he tried to go for Bird, but Bird was so, was closer to the sideline rather than than being away from. Uh, away from um, Quentin Dunbar, he comes up with the interception. Um, but other than that, you you look at you look at Cam Newton, three hundred ninety-seven yards, a, t- a touchdown strike to Jacob Johnson. That that you know, he, uh, he can uh, the connection game between him and Julian Edelman was really going on. Edelman set a career high. With 179 yards receiving, so uh, he he was big time in the Patriots' chances um, uh, to try to come back and take down Seattle in Seattle. But 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 I think the the big the, the big moments of of the game to me were uh, were a result of the Jamal Adams trade. That uh, Jamal the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, if we we can argue that the Seattle gave up too much. I definitely think they gave up too much for Jamal Adams. But you look at what Jamal Adams did to stop the two-point conversion for um, uh, when they were uh, down 20, 28-17. The Patriots uh, would uh, score, make it 28-23. They'd go for two to make it a three-point game but, uh, if, if successful. Jamal Adams knew that Canyon was going to try to run it in. He, he came up with the big stop, which, which when Seattle scored a touchdown... Uh, to make it a two possession game that that a, uh, that a field uh, make it a 12 point game for that matter yeah it, it, it that a field goal wasn't going to do the Patriots any good and it forced them to um, it just to run the ball on first and goal at the one yard at the um at the two yard line where Jamal Adams comes up with the, with the stop to secure the victory for Seattle. Um, but you you got to give Seattle a lot of credit. PIP Carroll uh, was was treme- was tremendous. Brian Schottenheimer was uh, w- w- did a very good job calling plays for Russell Wilson and the offense. Um, uh, Russell Wilson ha- had some magical throws, including uh, that that crazy touchdown off the interception where. Where he just lobbed the ball in the air and 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 let, and let um, I think it was Moore who came, who came up with that tu- that touchdown uh, from the forty yard line. Um, but it, but overall, it, it, this game reminded me of all the Cam Newton Russell Wilson battles between Carolina and Seattle. This game reminded me of Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, just like. That, that Sunday night game in New England four years ago, and then in the Super Bowl, er, 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 that it, it was a neck neck and neck battle all the way throughout. Cam Newton looked fantastic, and I think you really got to start thinking about t- taking not only the, the Seattle Seahawks seriously. Now it's time to make the New England Patriots a serious threat as well. Um, uh, uh, 
with 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 respect to the playoff conversation and to to, to get a point with Belichick and the Patriots and I, and I definitely see some uh, some uh, some motivation for Josh McDaniels to, to to potentially be an NFL head coach next year and I think I, I and the results for Cam Newton have been outstanding so far for the most part but it's time for the pay, uh, for for the, the the Patriots to to to, act, to continue proving uh, proving some doubters and and the 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 one wild card uh, that came up that has has come out with the Patriots since Tom Brady left ha- has really been about the the Patriots' ability to uh, to win without Tom Brady and uh, Brady uh, looked good for Tampa on uh, on Sunday in their win against the Panthers. And and then the Patriots, um, uh, for for the most part, uh, offensively they they look good against a, a Seattle defense that improved, uh, th- thanks thanks in part to the Jamal Adams trade. But it, the the Patriots and Seahawks are going to be two uh, two teams uh, to look look out for, especially with Seattle on top of the NFC West alongside Arizona. And, and and alongside the Rams, the NFC West is going to be a bloodbath this year. That you 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 you'll probably see at least one wild card, maybe two, coming out of that. I I did not think Seattle and, and Arizona were, were going to were going to be above average teams. Cer- certainly didn't think the Rams would would be at the level where they are. But but that that's a credit to McVeigh. That's a credit to. Pete Cowell, and that's a credit to Cliff Kingsbury, and all. But what? But the 49ers, meanwhile, they're the team that looks like they have the most issues of any team in the division. That the 49ers, obviously, a week one lose at home to Arizona. That they they go on the road, smack the Jets 31-13. They're so their next game is also at MetLife Stadium this coming week when they take on the Giants. But the 49ers have a lot of injury issues. That they lost Nick Bosa for the season uh, to a, uh, a to a knee ligament tear. Uh, they 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 Raheem Mostert looked like he had a serious injury. Jimmy Garoppolo had to leave the game. Solomon Thomas got hurt. So, but there are a lot of issues that Kyle Shanahan and and, and Robert Sala have to deal with, but especially when you lose two of your defensive linemen, who who, who both were top three overall picks, um, in, in the draft. But the, the but the idea of of why I think San Francisco is well is the best equipped to, to the season. To, to me, what was the job John Lynch has done, but put, putting the team together that I think San Francisco is is built for injuries, uh, de- uh, defensively, offensively, and 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 you look all all across the board. I didn't I didn't like uh, the the Emmanuel Sanders departure at, at all. It could have helped, but we'll see what Brandon Ayuk does in replacement of Emmanuel Sanders and the um, going forward. And the Forty Niners, uh, that they they got they got to start winning games because they'll they'll be because I mean the Forty Niners they'll be facing zero two teams next two weeks. They they have the Giants this week, and then they'll have the Eagles at Levi Stadium next uh, the week after for on Sunday Night Football. So, so that that those are going to be some some compelling games, especially if Philly gets back in the win column, which I think they should against Cincinnati next week. 
But but th there is so much to dissect going into week number three of the NFL season, and I cannot wait to to uh, to make my week three picks against the spread, uh, with with where I, which will feature in my view the biggest game of the season: Baltimore and Kansas City. Baltimore coming off a blow a blowout win uh, in Houston against Billy O'Brien. Uh, spoiler alert: clueless and the Houston as uh, Houston Texans. And, and Patty Mahomes coming off a gritty win against the LA Chargers where they, they, they've acquired overtime to take down Herbert and the Chargers. Who And by, speaking of Herbert, I thought he looked really, really good at times. He looked like an NFL quarterback in his first NFL start. I would keep starting Herbert even if Tyrod Taylor was healthy going forward for Anthony Lynn. So... I, I I think the char the Chargers have something going on, the the Chiefs and Ravens have everything going on, and I think the winner of tomorrow uh, of next Monday night's game will is will be the front one will be uh, in my view be the best team in football on next Tuesday morning and the favorite to win Super Bowl Fifty Five down in Tampa, Florida. So that 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 that's gonna be fantastic. But I want to. I do want to touch on a couple of more things before we, uh, before we, uh, before I send you off and and wait for my week three NFL picks against the spread. The the New York Islanders that the, the there was no element of surprise whatsoever about the New York Islanders dropping their series against the Tampa Bay Lightning that that the, the, the Lightning look look like a look like a completely superior team against the Islanders especially when Braden Point was in the lineup so that that their, their defense was was spectacular throughout the throughout the entire series with the exception of Game Three. Where where they where they were out of position several times, uh, which which resulted in goals. But but you you look you look at look at the Islanders here, and you and you got to think think about about what the future holds for the Islanders. Obviously, they, Lou Lamarillo has a lot of decisions to make, especially when it comes to Matt Barzell and Thomas Grice and and company. But but the Islanders are going to be be one of those teams that as long as Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello are employed by the franchise, that they'll be Stanley Cup or bust contenders. So that that that's going to be exciting for the Islanders and for New York hockey in general. The Islanders. Uh, coming off their Eastern Conference Finals berth, the Rain the Rangers look good. That they they have some young talent that 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 should be able to uh, to materialize into a contender as well. So uh, so a lot of exciting things going on in in New York hockey. You you look at the look at the pennant races across uh, across Major League Baseball. That that you you have. You have um, seven of the sixteen playoff berths already clinched. You look at the Yankees, the Twins, the A's, the White Sox, the Rays, the Dodgers, the Padres look fantastic most of the season. I dubbed the Padres as my Cinderella team for a reason. That they have thirty-four wins and twenty losses. Um, then you look at the Marlins. That they're probably going to get into the playoffs. I I would imagine the Cubs and the Braves are on their way to winning their divisions. Um, the the Astros, even though they haven't been uh, been particularly uh, been great because of starting pitching depth, 
that Justin Verlander has Tommy uh, needs Tommy John surgery and he's going to be out for uh, uh, the rest of this year and next. Um, you look at the Toronto Blue Jays. Look at the Cleveland Indians. That, that I think, but but here's my point about this. So the the COVID year, uh, so so COVID year. So they want 16 playoff teams to, to get uh, to get revenue in. So 16 teams for this year. I mean, like whatever. But the the but the fact that Commissioner Manfred is considering the 16 team playoff berth going forward. I would be particularly concerned when it com- when it comes to uh, it comes to the future of the sport and the, and the future of the league be- be- because the, the, there won't be much meaning anymore uh, upon the regular season that there will be 162 games of, of, of baseball but if you're a team like the Dodgers or a team like the Braves the Yankees the Astros but the 162 games won't matter that it, it's only about uh, the, the teams that that actually do make the playoffs and and who they're facing in the, in the playoffs so uh, that that's gonna be the same thing um, the same argument I have about the NBA that not nothing in 82 games doesn't matter championships matter and and, and that's a philosophy I like but 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 you, you have but baseball is different because of the everyday grind and, and the fact that you can pack in 45 uh, you can you can pack in 30 35 40,000 fans in, in games that really matter that are already placed on the schedule and not have those games mean anything I I think that that that's gonna be tough for season ticket holders I think that's going to be um that, that that might take some fans away that 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 won't that the fans are gonna wonder what the heck is going on uh, uh what who the hell are these people who the hell are the, the, these new stars that that that's that's part of what the regular season is all about to me and, and I think I would be really concerned about the sport of baseball sh- should they continue on but but um, but with 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 that in mind, there there is uh, there is some conversation going on about the last National League wild card, the last two National League wild card births, and and th- there there is no guarantee whatsoever about what's uh, what what can go on. So the Phillies are, are a game above five hundred. Cincinnati, Milwaukee, and San Francisco are all tied for that for the last wild card spot. Cincinnati has played a couple of extra games. Philly has played one more than Milwaukee and San Francisco. The the Mets are two and a half two and a half games back with seven games to play. Colorado is three back with seven to play. So I the I there, there's that you look at. I think Cincinnati I think gets in. Um, you, you you look at Philly, Milwaukee, and San Francisco. The the, the Phillies are playing the Nationals uh, th- this week, and then then they'll be playing some games against Tampa in Tampa. So I think uh, Philly's path won't be particularly easy. Although they they do have something if Tampa decides uh, to to rest some players if if they uh, ha- if they've had their seed locked up. So that might be something. Uh, that that could go in the Phillies' direction. You, um, you you look at the Brewers that that they, they they've been an interesting bunch. They they have games against Cincinnati, which are gonna be which are gonna be huge. 
and and then and then a bunch of games against the Cardinals, including some COVID makeup games. Uh, so that that might be something that ben- benefits uh, that might harm the Brewers. The Giants. Meanwhile, you could look at at the Giants as as a surprise team. The Marlins too are a surprise too. Uh, the uh, same because of uh, the sixty game schedule so greatly benefited the Miami Marlins and and, the, and their quest to the playoffs. That the the Giants have the artist formerly known as the Colorado Rockies, and then they have. Your games against San Diego um, at AT&T Park next uh, this coming week. So e- each of these teams ha- has their fair share of schedule uh, of schedule obstacles, but I I I could see Cincinnati getting in, and I think I I could see how how Philly gets in when it's all said and done, and and the Phillies, despite the Phillies not having a clue about the bullpen, so. So you look at that, and that should be do that should do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn, saying so long, and 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 take care. And I'll I'll be back on the podcast Wednesday for Week Three NFL picks against the spread. Can't wait for them. See ya, everybody.